the divide is something that is not helping us move forward, I would say. And so I think the more conversations you have and the more perspectives that you bring in, the more that divide starts to come apart at the seams. And, and what's left is, is people. You're listening to Duluth Story Project, true stories from our community. Yes, today we are going to be talking about people. Neat. Both on a human level and on a cellular level, because... Because at the end of the day, we are just a big pile of cells. Exactly. Skin cells. Liver cells. And brain cells. And those are particularly important because, A, they set us apart from, say, the amoeba. I'm an amoeba. You sure are, little guy. And B, because our brains allow us to think and feel and have opinions and make decisions and create memories. We have all of this stimuli and information coming at us all of the time, which informs who we are and who we're going to be. Which is amazing. Because that's what makes us all unique and wonderful and human. Mm -hmm. But it's also super confusing sometimes. It is, which is why I think it's also important to remind ourselves from time to time that we are, at the end of the day, still just a big pile of cells. Which is kind of comforting in a way, Hmm. because that means that for all of our differences, we do at least have that in common. Which is our segue into telling you that today we are talking about the COVID vaccine. I thought you said we were talking about people. It's both. (laughs) I see what you did there. And I like it. We're going to be doing this in three parts. Uh, Parts two and three are going to be much more about who we are on a human level. But first, we need to know what's going on with the vaccine itself. So, we talk to actual people who know about this stuff. Let's have them introduce themselves. Okay. Uh, my name is Dr. Mary Owen. I'm Associate Dean of Native American Health at the University of Minnesota Medical School. I'm also the Director of the Center of American Indian Minority Health at the University of Minnesota Medical School. And? Well, my name is Olihe Okoro. I am an Associate Professor at the College of Pharmacy, University of Minnesota, Duluth. And finally... Hi, I'm Brooks Thomas, and I'm a professor of physics at Lafayette College. Yes, indeed. So doctors Mary Owen, Alihe Okoro, and Brooks Thomas are going to help us navigate some of the questions we have about the mRNA vaccines. And by the way, we are Blake Thomas and... Mary Fox. Great. Carrying on. When we're talking about these COVID vaccines, we're talking about a particular type, mRNA vaccines. In our body, we have DNA, which is our genetic code stuff. And then we have RNA. So what is it? Think about the DNA as a cookbook. And then you think about the mRNA as a copy of a single recipe. Delicious. Anyway, that's just one of the analogies we'll be using today to try to get to the bottom of all of this. So let's get going. Take it away, Dr. Dr. Mary Owen. If you've studied the human body, it's it's incredible. Our body's response to um, infections and how we mount to a, t- a two-pronged attack system to deal with infections in our body. That to me is amazing. Yeah. That cells start in these smallest little um, structures and then become and then separate into different kinds of cells. Um, heart cells, brain cells, uh, skin cells. You know, they're able to differentiate and they do that in our bodies. Um, as we develop. Who wouldn't love that? (laughs) Yes. And who wouldn't love explaining all of that? Exactly. It's fun. So let's start out by trying to explain how the mRNA vaccines work. So we're taking a piece of, a replicated piece of 
the virus that could never be active. It's not even a live part of that virus. And it's a copy of it. And teaching our own cells how to copy it and and let the rest of ourselves know when an invader, that particular invader, has come around. That's all it is. So it doesn't contain the virus at all. It doesn't contain the virus at all. So I, I kind of like want to draw an analogy with how the mRNA is. It's kind of like sending an email to tell the buddy this is um, how you fight this specific virus. And so you deliver the email and then you delete the email. You know, it's almost like a, a Snapchat. You know, you send it in, it tells the buddy what to do, and then its its job is done. The RNA that's in there will find its way, the messenger RNA will find its way to the ribosomes where they're, you know, manufacturing proteins, and they will start manufacturing the spike proteins that go on the coat of the, the virus. But they won't manufacture the virus, they'll just manufacture the spikes. But those proteins are still sort of, you know, foreign things in the cell, and so they will still trigger the same mechanisms in the cell that respond to intruders. We're just trying to trigger our own immune system, our warriors in our, our bodies, to act and fight this, this invasive being. As they fight that entity, what they also do is to make what we call memory cells so that the next time the body encounters that same um, entity, the body recognizes it as something that it has had contact with before and it has developed you know, antibodies to, and then so it's able to then fight it quicker. Yeah. So that's the way the body works. So what we do with vaccines is to stimulate that response. So what will happen is these cells, just like they would if there were an actual virus around, they will um, begin going to where they can sort of um, commune with the T cells and present the antigen material, the spike protein, so that the T cells can kind of glom onto that thing and sort of imprint with it so it knows that that is a bad thing and that if it encounters anything that has that on it then it will have the mechanisms to lock onto it and then destroy whatever it is okay so let's try to tie all this together here let's go back to the beginning of 2020 a lot of people are getting sick and people are dying and it's not the flu no it's something that we've never seen before but lucky for us we have a worldwide network of nerds <laughs> we say this with all the respect in the world by the way beautiful nerds scientists researchers doctors medical professionals these are people who just see a problem and want to solve the problem that's it yeah they're people in your community and in communities like yours all around the world. These are not people working in a secret government lab somewhere. Right, but how do you know I, that? Or being paid millions of dollars by big pharma. But how do you know that? Okay, Blake, I see what you're doing. I see, I see what you're doing here and I, I understand. But these are people that just want to do what they do best. And they figured out this vaccine thing. And it's frankly kind of mind blowing. Okay, one last analogy here. Try thinking about it like this. COVID is a piece of music. And this whole piece of music with the drums, bass, horns, strings, if that's all played out in our bodies, it's really bad for us. 
The one part of that piece of music which kind of exists on the outside of it all is the melody. And that's the recognizable part. And there are scientists and doctors who know what that melody is, and they need to get that information inside of our body so these warrior cells of ours can hear it. So they type up this email with a series of notes to play, and they send it. And it's delivered via the mRNA vaccine to a particular type of cell that knows how to read that melody. So they open up this email, read it, and then... The email is deleted. And they start walking around whistling this melody. Now, it's not the full orchestrated version because that is harmful for the body to hear, but it's enough so the T-cells, these warrior cells, know what they're supposed to be listening for. So when they hear the real thing, they know when to shut it down. Okay, so that's how the mRNA vaccines work on a cellular level. Uh, another concern is what about what's in the actual shot? What's going in my arm? It's, there's nothing, you know, it's not like um, like a hamburger from McDonald's with tons of strange stuff that we have no idea of. There's <laughs> nothing like that here. It, these are very simple solutes that this piece, this, uh, this replica of a um, virus, is inserted into just to get it into our bodies. Mm -hmm. There's some fats, there's some sugars, um, very basic components. I mean, you take Tylenol. Right. <laughs> the active ingredient is acetaminophen, but it has to be formulated. Right. So you have the tablet, we use powders, but we're always trying to, of course the default is to use things that are, you know, more natural and can be degraded in the body because you don't want to build up of anything. Um, and of course we do have this oversight by like the FDA, they always check these things to be sure that there's nothing in what we call the excipient. You know, the other things that you have to put into formulated, whether it's a tablet, whether it's, you know, a syrup or a suspension, you know, an in injectable, whatever it is, because it has to go in something. Right, <laughs> right. It has to go in something, even for all the regular medications that we take, like the capsules, like the capsule itself, the caps, the capsule, that has the, it has to be made from something, right? Right. Yes. And so those are all things that are looked at, you know, f uh, by the FDA to be sure that there's nothing that's been introduced into the body um, that's going to harm the body. And there's no, so no much. No fish in there? There's no fish okay, in there. Okay, that was another one. No there's no fish in there. There's no animal product whatsoever uh -huh. in there. You know, these are basic solutions with, then again, a little code to tell our bodies to fight off this invader. Again, very basic and so much less alarming and so much more less problematic than what most of us are eating many times a day. You know, Pop-Tarts, terrible yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure there are many healthy people that say, well, I would never touch a Pop-Tart. But um, even sugar, you know, all, so many different things that we eat that are not... Alcohol. You know, alcohol, I holy hand. I mean so yeah, let's all generally be healthier too. But in the meantime, there still is nothing weird going into your body with the vaccine. Another question or concern is, my family member or my friend got the vaccine and they got sick. If the vaccine doesn't contain COVID, then how did they get sick? What's the deal with that? So that's a good question. So the thing about it is it's, like I said, it's an immune response is the body's trying to, it's recognizing something that is not part of the body that is foreign to the body. It's just like saying, why would you, I mean, you have a fever if, if you have something come into the body. A fever is a generic immune response symptom. It's not okay. specific to 
You know, it's the body trying to fight something. And in doing that, you have the symptom. So that's really what it is, is the immune response, is the immune response that's resulting in some of the symptoms that we see. It's not that you now and then have COVID. So this is about right. the immune response. This is not about COVID. So because like something has a... happened in the body when the mRNA has been introduced and you have the spike protein being produced, which is foreign to the body. Mm -hmm. So it has stimulated an immune response. And so the body is fighting. Yeah. And so so you're basically saying that, you know, it's it's the body has its immune response that might be fever. And like that might happen with so many other things exactly. that were introduced that are foreign to your body. Yes. Gotcha. And in this case is the vaccine that was introduced that then, you know, created this protein that the body recognizes as a foreign entity. Yeah. So you have that. And we, we have that. I mean, think about it. Many of us, when we take the flu vaccine, we do have some. It's it's not that you then, and that in that case, that's not if that's an, a, not an mRNA, you know, technology. So that one can argue, okay, if you're using an attenuated virus, it's still the same immune response. Now it's responding specifically to that. Okay. But just with anything else, sometimes we have inflammation, you know, just from responding to you know, something that got into the body and you're able to, you experience something. So again, I want to reiterate, it's not COVID that's been introduced into the body right. with the mRNA vaccines. It's not. No, it isn't. And how cool is that? The vaccines that we're most used to are attenuated vaccines. Taking a live virus and using a weakened version of it. Or an inactive vaccine. Taking a once live virus that now is inactive. This doesn't use any part of a live virus at all, which is a whole new way of doing it on this large of a scale. So if that's a concern, you're not alone. I was initially really excited that there was a vaccine and then there was all this misinformation just like flooding my social media. There was just no way of avoiding it. And so I just like, then I was like, oh yeah, you're right. It did come out too fast. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. And that's why I said a lot of that was rushed. Like that's how I felt is like they were just trying to find a solution so fast. It was like so fast. And yeah. it's like, what is, you know, like there's been studies for other things so long. And then all of a sudden, you know, you know, here we are and you can get this vaccine yeah. and stuff. And so to address this concern, I stammered my way through a very long winded question uh, to Dr. Okoro that eventually ended with what is the, what is the history, history of the, the science behind that or how? Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> it, it, didn't, it didn't happen overnight. Is I my think, point. Yeah, I think that's that's where people get very hung up. People are like, okay, so. We know that vaccines take years to develop from what we know. Right. How come this happened seemingly overnight? Like we had COVID and in a few months, literally, you know, like, <laughs> you know, right. we had a vaccine. What's up with that? Yes. What's up with that? So it's, it's, it's the mRNA technology. So it's something that was already discovered. So it, the discovery actually was in the 60s, you know, and then by the 70s, researchers were trying to then use it to deliver like maybe medication, you know, specific things to the body, okay, um, in the 70s. So one of the things why probably wasn't, it, it didn't seem to catch on that much over the years was when you introduce the mRNA, it gets degraded very quickly in the body. So sometimes it doesn't get to the target, 
you know, targeted sales. So what you're saying there is that uh, this is that email or that Snapchat. So you you send it and then uh, just somewhere in the process, it just doesn't get to where it's supposed to go. What has happened over time now is there's something we call the nanotechnology where they now have like a, you know, I think I want to say a fatty layer over the mRNA so that it's not degraded that quickly and it can actually get to the site, to the cells where it's supposed to work. Yeah. And so that is what really helped with that. So that's something that was already being looked at. Then COVID happened. And so people who were already investigating that for other things were thinking, well, maybe COVID. Maybe, indeed. So here's the deal. This technology has been around since the 60s. People have been researching it since the 60s. There's nothing really weird in the shot that's going into your body. So really, it just comes down to, can you trust it? And that's where this has become such a hot button issue for a lot of people. Can we trust it? Can we trust that the bodies that give oversight are giving sufficient oversight? We trust them with all the other things that we're taking, right? And we're taking a whole lot of things. What we have to trust is that, you know, each entity has done its due diligence to look at that. And then you have checks and balances because you always have researchers who are also looking at these things. Nerds. And so it's not just that this oversight being given. You always have researchers who do not have any stake. They're not in the big pharma. Nerds. So they are not, it's not like they're being paid. You know, they're just doing work, you know, researching these things. Beautiful nerds. So that way you have all these checks and balances where people are, there's always studies ongoing. And even with the COVID vaccine, there are still studies that are ongoing, making sure, are we picking up on anything that should not be? Are there any red flags? You know, um, and that's a continuous, it's a continuous science. Right. It's a continuous science. So as far as we know right now, you know, there's nothing that we have picked up that should cause, you know, any alarm. And I like to let people know that in the African-American community, there was so much awareness among their doctors and scientists that this mistrust would come along, that they said, we understand it and here's what we're going to do. And they studied alongside the um, regular scientists, the scientists who were already studying these vaccines, the African-American community brought their own scientists and said, we're also going to study it, make sure it's not going to harm our community. And then we can say to our community, these are safe. We should do this. So there's so much behind these vaccines to make sure they're safe. The, the, the issue now is um, helping, helping our communities understand that um, all of us, even those, especially those of us who are most invested in our communities and want to see those outcomes are behind these as well. Yeah. Uh, people have asked, you know, is it going to do something else to other things in my body? And that's a yeah. leg legitimate question, but it, it doesn't stay in the body long enough to even, it doesn't interact with your DNA at all. Gotcha. Because that's another question that people have. Right. Like, you know, this is something about the DNA. Is it going to like <laughs> yeah, yeah. mutate something about me? <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah, it's not going to do that. So, Dr. Owen, should people get vaccinated? Yes, people should get vaccinated. We're so far away from being, you know, protected the way that we should be. I'm in clinic and I'm still seeing positives. And people, it's the same thing. The positives can make it so much worse for um, our our you know, our weaker folks, like our people without out the immune system, our elders, our children. And not only that, but we are just, 
we're not even close to being where we need to be as far as understanding the long-term complications of COVID. There's so many things just now coming out about what it's doing to our body in different ways. Yeah. So get vaccinated, protect yourself, protect your family, protect your communities. Okay. That's a wrap on this episode. I think we did it, Blake. I think every single person is going to go get vaccinated now. Undoubtedly. I'm sure that's exactly what happened. But no, I mean, hopefully you listened to this and maybe you learned something. We learned a ton in just making this. And if there is something that you did learn, maybe you want to explore that more with um, people you trust and medical professionals, friends and family who maybe have gotten the vaccine and check in with them. Yeah. You know? I think the point of this episode is that we do need to keep this conversation going and we do need to speak to the people that we trust. Um, And yeah, let's keep talking. Duluth Story Project is a program of Zeitgeist. Created by Mary Fox with help from Amy Demmer, Sarah Luke, and Andrea Krause. Sound design, music, and audio production by Blake Thomas. This activity is made possible by the voters of Minnesota through a grant from the Minnesota State Arts Board thanks to a legislative appropriation from the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. And from Duluth Superior Area Community Foundation, funded in part by the Anonymous Friend Fund, the Dr. and Mrs. Bernard Becker Charitable Fund, and the Living Legacy Fund. With additional support from the CDC Foundation, St. Louis County, and Cartier Insurance. Thank you for listening. To make a donation and for more information, head to DuluthStoryProject.com.